Loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired, to create a deeper life, to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. Today, I'm welcoming Karen Trench. Karen never imagined that she would give up a successful career in television for anything, let alone for a log cabin high in the Colorado Rockies. Then again, she never thought she'd meet her soulmate with whom she lived in those mountains for two decades of blissful marriage. When she found herself a widow, a shocked survivor of her husband's death, she could not have conceived that she would someday emerge from the wreckage of strong, happy, and empowered woman. Now she shares her story of love, loss, and light with a fervent prayer that it may be of service to her fellow travelers in grief. You can find her at Karen Trench. Excuse me, KarenTrench.com. Welcome, Karen. Thank you, Cheryl. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you and um, pleasure to have read your book, too. Um, I, I want to say up front that I think that it takes, um, you know, a particular type of courage in the world we live in to be um, forthcoming up front about suicide death. And I really appreciate mm-hmm. when I um, when there are things out there that take a look at that. I know that it's not the only focus of your book, but I did feel that it was um, an important contribution in that way. So thank you for that. I know it's well, vulnerable. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. Uh, it's, yes. Uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't escape the fact that that was my journey, indeed, sadly. Uh, and uh, as I say in, in my story, I, I have never once... Uh, not admitted to folks when they've asked me how my husband passed, you know, told them the truth about his passing. To me, that would have been doing myself and him a disservice. Uh, sadly, it was a, a suicide death. So, And so. seemed to come very much out of the blue. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes uh, I've, I've interviewed other people, of course, about that, that particular kind of loss. And often they can kind of put breadcrumbs together about it, even if they didn't expect that to happen. But Mm -hmm. I get the impression that really there wasn't any clear sign that your husband might be considering such a thing or that he was in any way deeply troubled about things. But he'd obviously been thinking about it for a while, yes? Yes, it's true, Cheryl. I mean, I didn't know that he was contemplating uh, taking his own life uh, until, sadly, it was, it was much too late. Uh, uh, this was only posthumously that I found various journals that he would be, was keeping, gratitude journals, um, which I knew he was keeping, and I had really honored and respected and was proud of him for doing that every day to keep a gratitude journal. But... After he passed, it was only when I found them, you know, in his his desk and in you know various places around the house. Actually, they were even some in the basement. 
I kept coming across more and more where I read and found out that he had really been contemplating this for uh, at least three years prior to his departure. So that was pretty devastating for me because, you know, we were very glued at the hip for 23 years and uh, very much in love, and I thought I should have known. And sadly, I think that happens with a lot of suicide survivors from my understanding and, and research and talking to other folks. Is, is that sometimes, most of the times we're caught completely unawares. It's, it's like we didn't have any, any notion that that person was, that our loved ones were that close and that desperate close to take, making that choice to leave that way. And, you know, in, in a sense, when I was reading it, I was thinking, uh, Boy, he loved you so much he was trying to protect you, even though the thing that led to is the thing that would least protect you. Uh, yeah. you know, but, it, but it did feel to me like uh, he didn't want to lay that at your door or he, you know, he was trying to figure it out himself, maybe? Uh, um, yes, I think you're right, Cheryl. I think Charlie was trying to figure things out. On his own for a number of years, he, 10 years prior to his passing, he had um, started a, a really deep spiritual practice and he, you know, would meditate every day and he had a certain, uh, I, I would say, you know, spiritual uh, um, uh, guide, a healer that he would read, uh, you know, his, his materials. I mean, he really was struggling. I think that was his way of trying to stay, you know, longer than as long as he could. Uh, I I kind of, in retrospect, that's what I'm I'm thinking. Um, But it wouldn't have looked that way necessarily at the time. I'm sorry? It would just look, it wouldn't have necessarily looked that way at the time. I could imagine it just no, looking like, no. wow, how fantastic no, he has a spiritual practice. Exactly. <laughs> Charlie was the most grounded person, you know. And, I mean, and, and even his personality was such that he exuded this wonderful air about him, this, this vibrancy, this walking into the room and just, you know, being electrifying. People would, you know, would tune into him. He was larger than life and uh, had a big smile and just seemed, you know, very, very gregarious and generous of spirit and heart and everybody loved him and he seemed like a happy, happy man. And being married to him, I mean, I felt the same way. I mean, certainly we had challenges as, as most married couples do from time to time. You know, things weren't always smooth. Um, we had some challenges with our finances sometimes. You know, we struggled, but, we, but our love was so deep and abiding that I just knew that that would just get us through. And um, until it didn't, you know, mm-hmm. until it didn't. And so I think that that's what made his, his death that much more shocking, or the, his suicide death that much more shocking, is, is that it just it was so contrary to the way he projected himself out in the world. Which, which I imagine could make you feel a little bit... Um, I hate to use this word. It's not quite right, but a little tricked. Like, you know, there was something well, yeah. so, <laughs> so profound yeah. going on. 
and yeah. and yeah. I I doubt he was that he acted that way to trick anyone. I think he probably had both things in him, or you know, that's what I would imagine. But you could feel like, wow, that wasn't really the truth. Yeah. And yet, and yet, he also strikes me as a pretty truthful person in other ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's very confusing, yeah. I imagine. Oh yes, it was Cheryl. Um, I have come to to a knowing after the fact. Sadly, again, after the fact that Charlie Charlie was struggling with some some uh, some in, you know internal demons, some something that he was fighting, you know, fighting all of his life, and and uh, and I think that he was trying so hard to keep it tamped down, whatever the pain, you know, the the source of his pain and suffering was, whatever how what the the source was, um, that he kept it tamped down, and he chose, you know, it was a choice that he made that he chose not to share it uh, with anybody. Um, he was a Marine in the Vietnam War. Um, at the end of his life, he was a part of the VA. In fact, that's where he took his life, at the VA hospital here in Denver, with the hopes that they could harvest organs. That was his motive for, for doing it right at the hospital. But um, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I, think, I don't know if it was he, he never indicated that he had PTSD, he certainly had the opportunity at the VA hospital to, uh, to be counseled. You know, they never diagnosed him with any sort of depression or PTSD. Um, again, I think it was just something that he internalized and chose to keep whatever, his pain and suffering, all of that tamped down for his whole entire life until it just overcame him. That's um, something that some of my... Um uh, guests who work with the military on issues like PTSD have talked about a lot that the whole mentality of the training into that um, that aspect of our world, I guess, is about you know toughing it and and being strong and not needing help. That that there's sort of a written in and there there of course services have been added. There's been more recognition that mm-hmm. uh, war affects people, right? <laughs> it's not yes, just you yes. go and you come back and la la. However, it's hard to access if your whole way of thinking is I should be okay. You know, I yes. should be able to handle this. Exactly. And I think that he was proud. You know, he was, he, wa- he, he wouldn't, he didn't want to um, uh, allow for any cracks in the armor. You know, he didn't want to you know, because I don't, I don't think, I think he was afraid to be vulnerable that way or, you know, you know, gosh, what if I, you know, admit that I'm struggling and have challenges, whatever they were, what will people think of me? I'm supposed to be this strong, you know, stalwart kind of, you know, can-do kind of guy and everybody looks at me like that. I've got it all together and I'm happy, you know. Uh, I, I, I think he was terrified to... To, to go there, you know, to try, to, to admit, to say something, even to me. I mean, of all people, you know, uh, uh, that, you know, he didn't want to talk to me about it. Um, but the other side of that coin 
is, is that what I was left, to, left with after he made the choice is beating myself up, which many suicide survivors do this as well, that I didn't know, that I didn't right. say something, that how could I have missed this? I was, you know, with him 24-7 for 23 years. How? And then, you know, the self-recrimination that comes with that, the beating yourself up, the self-flagellation, you know, the, the guilt, Absolutely. the shame, the feeling yeah, of betrayal. I've heard it. I've heard it said when someone commits suicide, they leave their skeleton hanging in your closet. (laughs) I've never heard that, but that pretty much covers it right there. You know, you're you're left to try to figure it out, Um, which, of course, there's always guilt with loss anyway. But Mm -hmm. this brings brings another aspect to that for sure. So yes. the the other the thing that uh, struck me as you started talking about your grief, your early grief, your later mm-hmm. grief, we're we're going to get to, but your early okay. grief is mm-hmm. that you um, you had the best of the terrible in the sense that people just. N- seem to know how to support you. I'm thinking of your sister who came and and didn't oh. say anything but put you in the bath, you know? Oh. And, I mean, just cared for your body. Um, yeah. You know, that's that such a beautiful um, uh-huh. representation of being loved through the most terrible thing oh. that most of us can feel. imagine because sometimes that oh. sends people away. Uh, mm-hmm. You know they're scared mm-hmm. of it, or they they can't mm-hmm. they can't be with you in it. But it sounds as if mm-hmm. the people around you were able to be with you in it. Mm-hmm. it. It still gives me chills, um, even to hear you speak of it. Uh, I am so grateful. I, I can't tell you how grateful I am. Uh, right from the moment that it happened, my younger sister was there holding my hand when I got the phone call. And she had to bear the worst of it um, as far as, you know, just watching me writhing on the floor screaming, no, no, no. I mean, it was in such disbelief. And then having to call my mom and my sister, Priscilla, my older sister. But, you know, from that moment where she was holding my hand when I got the call, and then from the day, ensuing days and actually in the ensuing hours, uh, and then the days, you know, yes, people came out in force, my family, my friends. It was a beautiful unfolding for me as far as, you know, feeling the love and support of others. Um, I will never forget my sister Priscilla the first night getting there, and I was sitting there in a state of complete shock. I, I, I don't even remember people were gathered around talking to me, at me. I I was feeling loved, but I don't remember crying or even knowing what they were saying. It was like their mouths were moving, but I couldn't make sense of what they were saying. And Priscilla came in with her then-boyfriend. They were on their way from Kansas City back to Santa Fe for for the Easter, uh, and Kathy intercepted them halfway, and they came right to Denver. Anyway, she did. She... They thought a hot bath would soothe me, and she, I was wobbly. I couldn't even stand. 
so I had to, she had to basically guide me up the stairs, and yeah, she put me in the tub, and she bathed me, and as I say in the book, it was like a, a sacred moment where she was, it's almost like she was setting the stage by bathing my body in that beautiful, intimate way. My older sister, you know, she'd been there all my life for her yes. to do that for me. It was like a sacrament, and it was, it was almost like she was preparing me for my journey through the darkness. Uh, but uh, knowing this, this, that, the love that I was feeling from her was the light, even in that moment. It was beautiful. Beautiful. And, and that gets bigger and bigger as, as time goes on, <laughs> you know. It's, yeah. It, uh, you know, it's almost time for our first break, and I wonder if you would share a little bit from the book before we go to break. Um, the, I, I feel it's sort of the invitation to your readers to to uh what do i want to say to to let it happen right do, do you know what let it happen yes. yes um okay uh so yeah the, so i'm going to read from the chapter the blessing of acceptance is that that's probably the m- more appropriate one okay uh, so here we go grief tears us apart so that we can re- recreate ourselves but the person we, we create is entirely up to us. We, all of us, are the choices we make. We can choose to let our grief defeat us or let it elevate us. We can choose to become angry and embittered by our loss, or we can choose to surrender to it heart, mind, body, and soul and let it take us where we need to go. We can choose to resist it or we can choose to allow it to peel back all the layers of our pain and suffering so that something beautiful and unique can be revealed. Loss can bring us closer to death or closer to life. It can bring us closer to the dark or closer to the light. It can vanquish us or resurrect us. It is our choice every step of the way. And, of course, given the nature of this show, I, of course, agree with that. And I also feel that uh, you didn't foreshorten that it's the pain we're surrendering to and is you know that you can't like skip ahead to the the happy ending no not at all no you have to in my experience at least what came to me is knowing absolute profound knowing was that you have to allow for the pain and suffering to to you have to feel it you have to just let it you have to feel it and let it move through you and out of you you have to sit with it and welcome it almost. It has when so we much get, to teach us if we can just but allow and surrender to the process. When we get back, I, I would like to talk more fully about how, how you did that. You know, I have my ways I did it. I'm sure you have okay. your ways you did it. And I think that would be helpful to hear Wonderful. about when we get okay, back. great. Listeners, you'll find links to my website and social media at the Good Grief page at Voice America. You can like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter. There's a link to my novel there, An Ocean Between Them. And to find Karen Trench, you can go to karentrench.com. Be back soon. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Perspectives with Dr. Badisha Patel is a program that explores emotional management for a healthier lifestyle. On each program, we discuss ideas that support emotional well-being, such as mental illness, relationships, parenting, and family connections, and much more. If you are facing challenges in your life, you can grow and learn by exploring new techniques in dealing with stress, anxiety, and relationships. Perspectives with Dr. Badisha Patel airs live Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America health and wellness are you living a healthy and fit lifestyle it's not just related to your physical well-being it also means a healthier mind confidence improved health stamina and fitness talking with tremaine brings it all to you host tremaine ellis along with her husband and co-host david ellis will offer support advice guidance and motivation to keep you in your best shape both physically and mentally talking with tremaine can be heard live every wednesday at 6 p.m eastern time and 3 pacific on the voice america health and wellness channel Be sure to like the Voice America Health and Wellness channel on Facebook. You'll find great health tips from the experts. Find out more about your favorite shows and talk back to our team. Search Voice America Health or click the like button under the player today. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is your host, Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking with Karen Trench about her book. Love Lost Light, Illuminating the Path Through Grief. And Karen, before the break, we were just beginning to talk about, you know, you have to let grief happen. Uh, Mm -hmm. But of course, everyone has their own particular way to do that. Uh, You know, I know something about how I made space for, invited, uh, you know, accommodated that grief had to happen. Of course, I'm always thinking, gosh, I had 10 years to prepare for that. You know, Mm. (laughs) I was actively thinking about uh, my spouse dying for 10 years, right? So it's a very different experience to be suddenly dropped in the, dropped off the cliff. But I wonder if you can talk about how you allowed that, how you let grief happen. Well, you know, I was privileged with, um, you know, the, uh, the opportunity, if you will, of not having to go back to work, per se, right away. You know, I, Charlie and I had worked on our own uh, as franchise brokers for many years, so I didn't have to rush back to an office. I, um, my stepson, Charlie's son, you know, was a, is an adult, was an adult then, didn't have to worry about 
shepherding, you know, young children through, through the process of their grief. So I was afforded the opportunity to just deal with, you know, deal with it. And, and it began for me, um, within the first five months, Cheryl, I read 40 books uh, on uh, grief and loss. Um, I, I was desperate, really desperate, to, to, to know that I was going to survive this experience, you know, what had been put upon my path, because there was a time early on where I wasn't sure that I was going to. So uh, reading yeah. other people's stories and their words about how they uh, survived um, was the beginning for me to sit and, 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 and process and know that, hey, if they, if they can do this, then I can do this. Um, that was a big factor for me. Um, I also and that began, staggers me yeah. because I was so limited in my in my capacity to read. <laughs> I read almost a book a week for this show. I can read, right? <laughs> yeah. I could not do it in that in that initial period. So that's just a good example, isn't it, of of how what helps us can't be. We have to feel that out ourselves don't we absolutely absolutely. that that helped you so much and and didn't help me for quite a while singing helped or you know digging in the dirt or something but um so we're all so different in that way aren't we we sure are. I mean, I can't stress enough, and I say this in the book many times, and you know this, and we all know this, is that perhaps most people know grief is our own journey. Uh, there are some universe, universal characteristics and properties of grief, but the journey through our grief is so individual and so unique. It's as unique as the love uh, for the person that we lost, you know, it's, it's as unique as the person that we lost. So, um, so yes, what works for me or what worked for me may not work for somebody else. And, and we do have to kind of, you know, kind of find our way through on our path, you know, what, what's going to, what's going to resonate, what's going to make us feel better. Um, there's a, there's a part sister- in your book that directly speaks to this. Maybe you can share it. It starts, no journey through loss and grief is the same. Oh, sure. I can, that's I can right on that. track with what we're talking about. Yeah, oh, that's sure. perfect, Cheryl. Yeah, that's from my chapter, Lessons Learned, which is the very beginning of the book. Um, so here we go. Uh, no journey through loss and grief is the same, but each journey can inform another's. No one gets out of this life, this gift of having a human experience unscathed. Pain, loss, and suffering are part of the gift of being human. There is no way to avoid it. Having walked my path for close to four years now, I have learned well that it is the brought-to-your-knees experiences that teach us the most valuable lessons, that everything in life is transient, that our good and bad experiences are all fleeting, that this too shall pass, and finally, that our lives are so precious. Each and every moment is a gift to be cherished and embraced because nothing lasts forever except one thing, and that is love. Love is the heartbeat of all of creation. Love is eternal and everlasting. Love never dies ever. Love is the greatest blessing of all. So lean into the wind and just keep going, knowing this. It is our love that leads us to grief, but it is our grief that leads us back to love. 
Yes, I, I can agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, <laughs> but it's not, it's not immediately obvious at first when you have a huge no, loss like no, that. And no, of course, much, no. much harder if you don't have time to grieve or if the relationship was terrible or, yes. you know, I, I mean, yes. people, people imagine that loss is worse if you had a good relationship, but I kind of think it's the opposite often. That, um, I, least, you know, uh, I really treasured that I had had love with her. Uh, she was dead. That was terrible. But I wasn't having a ton of, you know, we should have done it better kind of stuff. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I know that's a little different um, because of what you didn't know. But I still get mm. the impression you had a very good relationship with your husband. Yes. Yes, we did. Um, yeah, no shoulda, coulda, wouldas, you know, that's what I say. Um, but, yes, it certainly, it certainly made it easier to bear for me to know that our love was so deep and abiding and, um, and that I didn't have, you know, that we, we, we did have a beautiful experience together that I wasn't beating myself up for other than, you know, the suicide layer of my grief and, and, and the not knowing and thinking I should. But, you know, not having any regrets about about our relationship per se or, or the love or the quality of, you know, of, of, of that. Um, we, we, we got along, you know, there, there was no... But I know what you're saying, though, Cheryl. People... And I say this in the book, too, it's in The Blessing of Forgiveness. You know, it depends upon the relationship that we had with, with the deceased. Um, and if it wasn't such a great relationship, we have to go to that place of forgiving them and forgiving ourselves for that so that we can move beyond that and not have those regrets or carrying that with us, you know, forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's important. So I was blessed in that way for sure. I didn't and have the, to add and that the time layer of, on top of everything. Right, and the time of course. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, after a very brief time, did have to work, but uh, there was my kids were off at school during the day, and I was self-employed. My office is behind my house. I had time in between clients. Time is a real is a real benefit. There's no doubt about Absolutely. it. Absolutely, that many Absolutely. many people don't don't have access to that that time. And and of course, the same was true during caregiving because I had the same <laughs> same work. Oh you know, yes, I can only imagine that. Um, mm-hmm. That there was a there was a little space to make for it. Uh, People who must, uh, here's the, the situation I encounter a lot. The person who isn't ill must keep working at the same level, often because of health insurance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And, you know, yeah. they can't they risk choice. not having that, for sure. Right. And, right. and that, that does complicate, you know, taking care of oneself or being able to be there for the other person. I think that's a real complicating factor. But both of us had a little more of that available, which which I think is um, so important. Yes. 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 You um, 
you know, caretaking in and of itself, I mean, that must have been, I can only imagine how, how, how challenging that must be. Um, because I wonder how much support many caretakers, do they get enough support as they're shepherding their loved ones through the, you know, the dying process, actually leaving, uh, the process of leaving. Yes. Uh, and then right. they're what I want to say, like what, said, yeah. right. What I want to say about that is we probably had a hundred people in our mm. support community and it was oh. still a lot. It was mm-hmm. still a lot. So I often yeah. think about people that have nobody, you know, who oh, are trying gosh. to navigate that um, by mm. themselves. Oh, it's hard to yeah, picture that, actually, but yeah, I know people I, I, who I, do I, it. I mean, I've heard it described. It's just um, a whole, mm. a whole different uh, situation. I, I guess I would say I had the best of the worst in that regard. Mm. We have to do uh, better in our society, don't you think? We have to Oh my gosh. You know, Absolutely. We have to do so much better. It's it's such a disservice to 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 the human experience to just dismiss the death and dying process as, you know, we sweeping it under the rug so to speak. Uh the fact that, you know, people get 3 days off, you know, when they're they lo- lose a loved one. Really? Yes. You know, you know maybe just... you know that when Sheryl Sandberg, who's, uh, you know, at the top of the Facebook organization, lost her husband, within uh-huh. an incredibly brief time, their bereavement policy went from three days to a month. Well, there you go. You see well, what I'm saying? Know, like when she yeah. experienced that, she was like, oh my gosh, three, three she days. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> this, that's like, you haven't even gotten off the floor at that point. Yes, I do. I do think, uh, you know, both in terms of the, the services and mm-hmm. the care and the support for grieving people. Um, we have a long ways to go, for sure. But we it's do. better than it was. Than it was. It there has been there have been a few improvements. So I, I'm happy for that part. But I agree mm-hmm. with you, a hundred percent. So I want to I want to circle back to what we do to care for ourselves in grief because, mm-hmm. uh, al- in almost every grief, really doing what you feel is right for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, tends to mean standing up to everyone's opinion about what should be right for you. Yeah, and, that's a big part of it. And yes. and there's a huge example uh, in your story and in your book that I really hoped you'd be willing to talk about a little bit, which which was um, getting involved with someone fairly quickly. <laughs> now, yeah. that's a little more socially... Uh, sanctioned for men, I feel still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's, mm-hmm. but um, I, you know, it, it it seemed clear to me that was right for you, and it didn't interrupt your grief. But I was imagining yeah. that you had to stand up to judgment, or at least the fear of judgment, to yeah. follow your own yeah. way. There, would that be yeah. true to say? Yes. Yes. Um. You know, early on, you know, I gave myself over to, you know, God, the one source, however we want to define you know, the creator, that, you know, my, my journey through grief would unfold exactly how it was supposed to, and I, and I still live my life that way, that I 
am in every moment where I need to be. And so when I was on my daily walks, and I be, uh, which, by the way, were a tremendous uh, source of healing for me, uh, and I would continue to see the same fellow no matter what time of day I would walk, I was getting this clear idea that there was a reason, you know, of why I was seeing this fellow. And a long story short, after five, only five months after losing Charlie, circumstances were such that brought me to go to him as he was sitting under a tree in a park that I would walk by. And um, we instantaneously, you know, had this connection. He understood that I was a newly minted widow and uh, had lost my husband in a very tragic way. And at first, everybody was really happy for me because, you know, when, when your loved ones are watching you suffer, they don't like it. It makes, you know, they don't like it. They, they want to see you happy because that makes them right. feel better, right? That and and there's really that good. fantasy that grief is short, right? So they could be thinking, oh, good, she's done with it. Yes, she's <laughs> right? done, and now she's off and she's going to be happy with this fellow, right? Well, I wish it was that cut and dry, but that's not the way grief works, you know? It's not linear. There is no beginning point or end point. You know, we, we know that. Uh, but, but so I, I tried. I tried to open my heart up to this, this man. And um, so that experience that we were going through was our own. Uh, and, but it started to get very challenging because I had met him so early on and because I was feeling all sorts of, even though Charlie had even left, you know, that in his letter to me, that this, you know, the sentence, you know, if you can ever find someone again, I'd be so happy for you. This is what you deserve. He had given me permission, if you will, but somehow I couldn't allow myself to open up to that experience fully. So the back and forth drama that ensued between me and this fellow with me pushing him away, then reeling him in, really created a lot of drama. And my family and friends started to like going, what is going on with her? And so, you know, there was judgment. There was expectation. You know, there was all of that. And I would have to continually push up against them and try to remain true to myself and stand in my own truth about, you know, my experience and how it was looking for me. And when, you know, and I'm a people pleaser, so it really matters to me what people think, you know, especially my family. So when I had to stand up to my family and friends, my dear loved ones who had shepherd, I mean, these are the people who had gotten me through and I felt like I was owed them a debt of gratitude. I mean, they had really held me through this process. Mm. For me now to turn around and push against them was really, really hard. But I did learn as I was changing and being and transforming, my grief was transforming me. That was one of the greatest lessons that I learned in the grieving process was to learn how to stand up for myself and have my own voice. Mm-hmm. No matter how it looked to somebody else, how my life unfolding, you know, was looking to someone out from the outside in, that it didn't matter. This was my life and I get to choose whatever I want it to look like. But that was a hard lesson. So and, important, uh, though, and, and I, I resonate with that, that in some way, grief likes to have its way. Right? (laughs) It asks you for things and and it likes them to be answered. And it doesn't actually work no matter how much 
um, difficulty resulted in that connection, there's no doubt that it felt like the way to go. You had to answer Absolutely. it, right? It Absolutely. would have been worse to Absolutely. not answer it. And so I, I, I resonate. I, I feel I got a lot better at standing up to other people's expectations through uh, living with cancer and living with loss. Um, mm. and, and I just have to add as a side note, uh, I met my now wife. We've been together 22 years or so, a little more. Oh, lovely. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but I met her about a year and a half after my wife died and oh, it mm-hmm. it still was a process to open mm. it's still it because you know exactly what comes of it right <laughs> mm. yes <laughs> you know yes, I mean somebody is going to die itself. and you may yeah. go through that again I think that takes real a real uh uh, it's hard to do, is what I'm trying to say. So I can yeah. I can well understand that that early on, especially given the way that your husband died, how mm-hmm. yeah. how your system might have kind of rebelled against it. That yes, it did, Cheryl. It did. As much as my heart wanted it, you know, it wasn't ready. And wasn't and ready. Yeah, but I, I, it wasn't. But I really, you know, will still always have love and, and gratitude towards this man because he did crack it open. He, you know, he did start right. helping me piece it back together and realizing he cracked it open. And then, you know, helped me start healing my shattered heart with love, you know, and made me realize that I, I, that I could open myself up to this experience. That it would be possible at some point. Yes, yeah, that it would point, be possible exactly. at some point. Yeah, at some point. let's go to the break yeah. and come back to that. Okay. When this, this, what's possible, because um, I want to get to some of the the um, way that your book is laid out, which to me has to do oh. with what's possible. So uh, okay. let's come to back that back to that for our third uh, segment. And okay, terrific. Listeners, you can find me at weatheringgrief.com. That's my website and the Good Grief Host page to find all those links I mentioned earlier. And to find Karen Trench, you can go to karentrench.com. Be back soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent. Inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. 
To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. I've been talking with Karen Trench about her book, Love, loss, light, and Karen. During the break, uh, you know, if I if I uh, take someone to a vulnerable place, which I think talking about those issues of of new relationship uh, in grief is a vulnerable place. Uh, I never want to, you know, ask my guests to do something that I'm not willing to do. So during the break, I was telling you about being at my wife's memorial and looking across at a dear friend of ours and being overcome by attraction for her, which was mm-hmm. totally stunned me. Uh, and I knew absolutely and completely I was not ready for anything of the sort. But, um, you know, <laughs> uh, it was very early in my grief. And, and it didn't continue either. But mm. there's some, some place that when you're cracked open, mm-hmm. uh, you're sort of cracked open to everything, don't you think? And then I, that's yes. And making decisions about what you're going to actually do about that. <laughs> that's more complicated. <laughs> but it, it's not it, it's not a surprising experience in my mind because um, there's a there's a way that grief for me anyway, opened me to every type of experience. Uh, mm. it, it removed my hesitation or my um, superstition, whatever it was, it's mm. kind of, well, here I am. And yeah, I was thinking about yeah. that when you said you put yourself kind of kind of in the arms of something bigger than you uh, yes. and said, yes. okay, yes. What, what's next, you know? Yes, I love that description. It's so uh, apt. And, and it's a beautiful thing, actually, if you can look at it that way, too. Grief does, you know, when, you're, when your heart is broken open, it allows for every possibility in your life. There are no exclusions to what you can fill your empty heart up with as far as experiences go. So, and it puts you in a place where you're, you know, if you surrender to it and you're open to it, it's like, it's like you know, God and universe has a way to, to, to say, okay, how about this? Or let's try this. Right. Or what about that? <laughs> You Keep know, your eyes open. I'll put some up your empty in front of you. Again, you know? For sure. Yeah. And I love that. It, it gives us an opportunity to kind of reshape or transform ourselves. Uh, it, it's, it's a beautiful unfolding in a way. And it also, for me anyway, uh, it's led to a great sense that I actually know, don't know what will happen, which, is, yeah. which, which used to be scary. Now it's kind of a relief. you know oh I don't know what's going to happen and that's just fine because there will be good things and bad things and indifferent things Uh, it's Mm -hmm. all a part of it and uh, who am I to think I know what's going to happen you know I know I love that that's putting yourself making yourself very vulnerable to whatever comes your way and I uh, one of the affirmations and I had my refrigerator is covered with so many and that is one of the blessings in the book of blessing of affirmations 
you know, the mantras that I had uncovered my refrigerator, refrigerator with. But the one that still is up there to this day is allow what is to be. Mm. To go into that place of complete acceptance and allowance in the moment, what's unfolding, you know, just allow for it to be. And let it just fill you. Now, this is, you know, and I don't like to say good or bad, but experiences, but maybe we'll say the the more comfortable experiences and then the ones that are maybe not so comfortable. That whatever you're experiencing in the moment, just allow it to feel it, to just let it be. Yes. um, I, I feel as if that always leads to them changing. (laughs) <laughs> even if you even if you're you know you get interested in the experience the uncomfortable experience and open up to it well then it changes uh, it changes you it, i don't yeah. want to get you know we've we've spent most of the show talking about grief that makes sense because of the subject of the sh- of the show um mm-hmm. but i do want to spend a few minutes talking about the structure of your book which really mm-hmm. is about uh blessings received ultimately from your own grief and um just to give people an idea i i um i noted them down uh each chapter is about a blessing basically providence candle flame love patience transformation surrender others silence nature and wisdom forgiveness affirmations acceptance and moving forward Uh, Mm -hmm. And I wondered if you, because, of course, when someone says, well, you know, this happened for a reason, you're going to learn from, you know, if people say that Uh, to me, it's such an insult, isn't it? (laughs) But if people say it at the right moment, um, what what has come of this? That's more how I, what has come of this Mm -hmm. for you? For for the vast majority of people who 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 don't wall off against the grief something does come of it and you yes. your book really is about what came of it for you isn't it absolutely yes um and those blessings that and how my grief journey unfolded what i'm hoping for Cheryl is that they they are they provide guideposts for others who are on their own unique journey through their pain loss and, and grief uh so my journey was unique to me as all of our journeys are through grief are, but I'm hoping that what I have experienced will at least, you know, again, inform another's journey and, and give them some insights or some, some guideposts, just some, some, uh, some healing, you know. Not everything will resonate, no doubt, but hopefully something will that they can take away from it and that will help them feel better. And they'll know that they, too, can survive, and they will survive. Because love is stronger than anything. Love is stronger than death. Love leaves behind much more than death can ever take away. You know, so if also, you walk away with just knowing that. I, I feel there's yeah. some, some way that having the possibilities um, kind of laid out in that type of way, you know, this mm-hmm. is what came of it in having each thing. What it mostly gives, in my mind, is a sense of possibility. Yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. may reach a place yeah. in your life where some of these things are available to you because you right. said yes to grief. Exactly, yes? because you surrendered to grief. 
Yeah, they um, they are just, you know, little, I think of each one of my blessings, a little light that shines, you know, just a little flashlight in the darkness, you know, so that it can help lead the way through. Um, that's, that's, that's what I'm hoping is just that, you know, there. This is a very. I would like to think of it as a very inspirational uh, uh, book on on grief and loss and healing, and encouraging people um, because I don't know. I just know that I'm not the same person that I was the day that I got that phone call. But you know, we're not supposed to be the same. That's the whole point. Uh, the minute I got that call that Charlie passed, I was I was on my way to becoming a completely different person, completely transformed in ways that I never imagined. You know, stronger, resilient. I, you know, at first I didn't think I was even going to survive it, and now I feel I'm a very empowered person after almost five years. Um, it's been a beautiful experience in, in its own way. Yeah, I, what I like to say is I would I would trade back everything I learned in a heartbeat. Although in my case that would be so incredibly complicated, but mm, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I'm remarried. But um, you know, I wouldn't want her to be dead. No, but, of course, no, of course not. But uh, I am so grateful. Every every way that I've changed, I appreciate. Yes. Me too, me too. So um, yeah, it's uh, they have to live separately. I I don't know if you've ever uh, seen the movie Truly Madly Deeply. Oh, uh, um, you know, I, I know that I I quote my book from is it Neruda uh, the poem from Truly. Yes, I have seen that movie, Cheryl. So it, yes, uh, for the listeners, it's about, yes about about I her suppose. her husband comes back. It's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Pretty much, like you know, we come back. <laughs> can't go, we can't go back. That's the bottom yeah. line. <laughs> no, we can't go back, you know. But, you know, we, I think that, you know, the experience of our own darkness gives us the light that we need, you know, to help others through their journey through the dark, you know, as they're beginning their journey. And, and so that's really the, the, the whole crux of the book is, is that it was my, you know, traveling through the darkness to try to find the light again that and and you know help me yes. to write the book to inform others you know to help them find the light through the darkness sometimes if i'm if i'm working with a client who who's in grief and they're talking about the dumb things that people say or the people that mm. are just not getting it i'll say okay mm-hmm. who are the exceptions who's getting it and then I'll say, when they tell me some people, usually, I'll say, so if they had a big loss? And, and almost without fail, the people who know how to show up mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. the ones who have had their own big losses mm-hmm. and, and said yes to grief. Don't you, don't you yes. think? Yes, yes. There's no doubt about that. Um, and again, but I do also write in my book that we must forgive and, and shine a light of compassion on folks who are trying to say the right thing but fall short or say something that might even still, hurt us. It's still loving, isn't it? It's still if we loving. can take it that way, it's yeah. Death, you know, the specter of death, is, it's, it's uncomfortable in our society. People Absolutely. don't know how to handle it. 
That's where we're going to have to stop for today. Um, Okay. uh, um, Thanks for being with me, first of all. uh, Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was an honor, Cheryl. Mine too. KarenTrench.com is where you can find Karen Trench. Next week, I'll have Marissa Lee Bolson, and we'll be talking about the platform she created, Support All, and how there... how her own experiences receiving help that worked and didn't led her to create a lot of resources to actually help people show up well. So that intersects with what we've been talking about. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.